0: using these type of tactics to get local elected officials to effectively do your dirty work for you it's really sad it doesn't help the industry
1: at all and it certainly it hurts the people that they intend or they claim to intend they want to help you're listening to the hospitality leaders each week on the show we bring you conversations with leaders in the hospitality event and food service industries our conversations help you understand the state of the industry the challenges we all face today and what the future holds Subscribe and be sure to check out our website for more resources at hospitalityleaderspodcast.com. This episode is brought to you by Upshift. Our on-demand staffing platform allows businesses to hire high-quality hourly workers with peace of mind. Find out more at upshift.work. I'm here today with Chip Rogers. He's the president and CEO of the American Hotel and Lodging Association. How are you doing today, Chip? Chris, it is very good to be with you. It's a lovely day where I am today, and I'm just happy to be on the program awesome well i'm excited to have you here as a long-time hotelier myself i've always loved the ahnla i can tell you it's always been a great organization on the forefront of the conversation forefront of advocacy leading change absolutely awesome so love love your leadership and what you're doing there
0: thank you so much i appreciate it got a a wonderful team around me a, a growing team for sure
1: but they do an incredible job and we, we just, we love representing the industry. Awesome. I mean, you guys did such a phenomenal job through the pandemic. And as we look forward, you're, what I love is that you're really at the center of the conversation, starting conversations and giving people the opportunity to be able to connect and continue those conversations. One of the things I saw recently was that you started a, a new networks, three of them to be specific, the owner's network, the general manager's network, and then the forward ambassadors network. Can you tell me a little bit about those? One of the things that we
0: believe is our mission and something I I believe we do a pretty good job at is bringing the industry together. And what we're trying to do is take people that are in our industry that have common interests and bring them together to share best practices, to get them to network and know one another, and to organize them in a way that we can all work together to benefit the industry. And so we felt like with owners with general managers and with our forward programming which is designed to advance women in hospitality those are three subsets of folks that are critically important in our industry but have shared experiences a shared understanding of what they kind of do on a daily basis and has have those common interests that we could bring together and so for example the general managers network we started about a year ago uh we're almost up to a thousand general managers nationwide we want to grow that to a few thousand so we can actually start creating some state and local chapters of general managers as well. But we know, because I I am across the country all the time and talking to general managers, they have a lot of common challenges that they face. And sometimes those are very localized. So the more we can bring those people together and we can connect them, create that platform and share best practices, they're just gonna be better at their job and more effective. Same thing goes for, for owners and the same thing goes for women in hospitality. And while their interests are slightly different amongst each of those groups, they themselves have common interests, and, and we want to be the platform for bringing that together.
1: That's outstanding. If I zeroed in on the general manager's one that you, were, that you were talking about here, what kind of conversations are you seeing there? I mean, you had it up for a year now. What kind of, what kind of conversations are you going through there right now?
0: Three things, I think, are the biggest points of discussion over the last year. Early on, about a year ago, it was a lot around the pandemic. How are you dealing with health and safety issues? Operationally, what are you doing? How do you handle shutting down rooms how do you handle reopening food and beverage outlets all those things and so that was early on lately the last nine months it's the the topics have been almost exclusively around supply chain challenges (laughs) you get a few gms (laughs) together and they're going to talk about hey how did you get access to these products and services i need them and then the second part the biggest one by far is labor challenges right what are you doing how are you operating your hotel with fewer people what tricks of the trade to get more people to come in or to reduce your labor expenses with respect to how many how many people get, fewer people, but how do you get them to be more effective in what they're doing? And so the labor topic is the one that's top of mind for
1: GMs every single day. I think everybody can empathize with that. And let's kind of dig into that a little bit more. So HNLA has some new data coming out or just came out on recruitment and retention. Is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. So what kind of trends are you seeing based on that data? Or what are some of the big bullet points there that would lead to conversations? Wow. I think that
0: the two big takeaways from our most recent survey is that the problem with labor, the lack of labor workforce is still in a critical position, but getting better. And so let me give you the actual numbers. When we went, when we did our front desk feedback survey, which goes to all of our membership. And keep in mind, we have over over 30,000 members that really the entire spectrum of the hotel industry. But when we did it back in May, 97% of the respondents said that they had job openings that they could not fill. 97, that's almost 100%, almost every single one. Um, we, We did that survey again during the middle of September and the number had dropped all the way to 87%. And so still, as you can see, critical challenge that folks are
1: facing, but it is getting slightly better. Okay. And so that's the front desk side of things. What about some of the other departments like housekeeping and culinary and things like that? Well, no, that meant all positions. So we call it
0: front desk feedback. That's just the name of it. But yeah, yeah. That, that meant all positions. And housekeeping is the number one position that people are trying to fill, followed by front desk agents. And so those are kind of the two positions that that mainly are the hotels are really struggling with the average hotel has about 10 and a half open positions right now and that includes even your very small hotels and so those challenges are still facing the industry the industry has first and foremost raised wages significantly if you take a look at the wage increase among hotel jobs as a percentage of increase and you compare that to the rest of the u.s economy we're pacing at about 60 percent higher in the percentage of increase than the rest of the U.S. economy. So while everyone's wages are going up during this time period of really tight labor markets, the hotel industry is going up by about 60% more.
1: That's incredible. And I think the big question that everybody's probably got to be asking, is that enough? Are we seeing that labor increases as enough to make an impact in the industry and attracting people to the industry?
0: So far, it has helped, but it has certainly not solved the problem. So if you think about, we were the way I like to look at it graphically is that before the pandemic started, there were about we were about 900,000 jobs short of where we needed to be as an industry. The pandemic happened and it's like falling off a cliff and so many people left. I mean, 40, 50, 60% of the industry left. We've now built back up to where we're within about a million jobs of where we were. But if you remember where we were, we're still about 900,000 jobs short of where we needed to be. So you could argue that we need million and a half to 2 million jobs filled or there's the capacity to add a million and a half to 2 million jobs in the hotel industry and so it just takes a long long time to do that because a lot of people that left they're not coming back they either went to other careers or they just retired and so we're having to fill the jobs of people who had been in the industry for quite some time and then try to fill those jobs that, that were unfilled even before the pandemic began
1: first of all it's a staggering number right and i think everybody feels that if we're honest with ourselves right we were short going into the pandemic even more no even more so now. But if you're looking at solutions and actions here, I mean if pay has gone up 60%, what other levers are there to pull that that will help attract people to the industry and really retain them? Because I think that's what everybody's looking at right now as well.
0: Yeah, one of the things that we're hoping occurs, even though this week's STR numbers were very strong, was uh, I talked to so many hoteliers that are like, look, I need a little bit of a break on this massive demand so I can really start investing in my people. Because frankly, what's happened over the summer is You just hire people as fast as you can. You hope they show up for work. And if they show up for work, you put them to work and let them go, right? Employees need much more. They want to be part of the team. They need to be part of the team. What we're hearing from employees, and we do a lot of employee satisfaction surveys of people that either are not in the industry, but would consider coming into the industry. People that are in the industry or people that have left the industry. Those are the groups we're focusing on. They're telling us again and again, yeah, the pay is getting better. The benefits are nice. But what we want is our employer to invest in us get us better trained, give us the tools that we need to build a career out of this. The industry has been somewhat short-sighted in doing so. I think now we're seeing it, that it's an absolute must. And I'm hearing from hoteliers everywhere saying, but just had a little bit more time, a little downtime. We're ready, willing, and able to invest in this
1: workforce like never before. I think that's a huge step forward. And, I, and having been in the industry for a very long time, one of the areas that we always tried to focus on was really like the line level leadership, Right. Because you can set all the strategy you want it at a certain level and you can hire all the people that you want, but the people that are keeping that pe- those people, is the, the retention piece of that is definitely that leadership. What are some of the things you're seeing focusing on that line or out of that line level management
0: piece there? Well, again, here in, the, in recent days, and I think it's going to be a trend that will continue, a lot of investing in training and even certification. I mean, we, through our educational institute, offer all sorts of certification in and around a, a hotel work, and we're very proud of that. But letting people know how much you care about them is critically important. Even simple things like providing housekeepers with personal safety devices. We have the five-star promise at AHLA. All the major brands have agreed to do this. Some of them have already made it brand mandates. There are cities and counties and states that are making it the law. But providing your housekeepers with personal safety devices, a simple act of gesture like that, gets people to stay on board. Perhaps the biggest thing outside of pay, which is always gonna be number one is scheduling flexibility. How are we making sure that if you're working in our industry, you can have a life outside of our industry as well? It used to be just a couple of years ago, housekeepers came in at seven and they left at four. I mean, that was just standard everywhere. That's not the case anymore. If you want to work on Tuesday from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m., I guarantee you there's a hotel that's going to hire you right now today and give you that schedule. The second thing beyond, or the third thing really beyond pay and, and scheduling flexibility is instant pay. I mean, we live in an instant world now. This idea of working for two weeks, and then waiting another week to get a paycheck, that's just not how people function. So if I can Venmo you 50 bucks, why can't my employer pay me immediately upon a completing a day's work? We're seeing that be the almost the standard now moving forward. And so there's a lot of things that are helping team members. But the thing I like to stress more than anything is the incredible opportunity. If you're unemployed. And you're thinking about a job at hospitality, there has never been a better time because again, the pay is good. The national average now is above $22 an hour. That just came out this week. The benefits are great. And most hotels you get discounted or, or free room rates for that ownership group or that brand. The flexibility is great, but the best single thing right now is the opportunity to move up quickly because so many people left that there are still openings. You start today, you show that you're a, a really good dependable employee. You're going to be moving up that chain really quickly.
1: That's absolutely phenomenal. I, I couldn't agree more. I was recently hosted an event with a number of students, new workers, as well as leaders. And I, I think you pretty much just hit every bullet point that these students were talking to the new leaders about. And I think pay was kind of a gatekeeper, right? I think we all understand as long as leaders, as long as we're as long as we're in the ballpark, we're in the conversation, then it's really up to us to be able to, to take off from there. I think that's absolutely, absolutely insightful. I am, I, I run a staffing company, right? So one of the things I, I've always been interested in, especially from your perspective, what role do staffing providers play in being able to try to make up that almost $2 million, two million job deficit in, within the industry?
0: Absolutely critical. So if you think about the industry, and I, I suspect most people watching us are somewhat familiar with it, but- if you don't have enough staff and you have to close down a couple of rooms, that is, that's is—that's not good, you don't wanna do that, you don't ever wanna be in that position. But if you have an event where a surge of people are coming into your hotel or they're gonna be needing food and beverage services from your hotel, and it's a big piece of business, that's not something you want to or maybe even can afford to turn down. So what do you do in a scenario like that when you don't have the staff available? You've gotta to turn to companies like yours and others that provide staffing and that is really, really important. There is no scenario in which the hotel industry uh, survives and thrives without staffing companies being able to come in and fill those short term gaps that are absolutely necessary. And so it is a it's a reality of the way the industry works. And I think most hoteliers that I talk to say, Well, I'd rather them be my own employees, but believe me, I'm very happy when I have a need and I can get a staffing company to help fill that need.
1: That's great. I think from a a staffing perspective, everything in the industry seems to have evolved, we'll call it, since the pandemic, right? So from a staffing perspective, what kind of things are you hearing that staffing providers can provide, work on, or add value to to make that experience better for the operator, for the owner? Obviously having labor pools of millions of people across the U.S., there's got to be able to, a way to be able to help better than what we're doing right now. And I'd love to, love to hear if you have any thoughts on that.
0: I mean, when I talk to um, owners and operators, the things they're looking for is ease of access to employees or they wouldn't necessarily be hotel employees, but your employees. If I'm on short notice, how can I let, I need X number of people and I need them on this day. If you can provide ease of access cost is much less of a concern because oftentimes they're dealing with a situation where they've got to have the people at a certain time. The second thing is any training or certification, pre-screening, knowing as a hotel owner or operator that the person walking that door actually knows what they're doing. You're not gonna have to spend a lot of time training them on on the basic functions of that job. If you're able to provide those two things, that's what owners and operators are looking for right now today. Now, again, let's be clear. Every owner and operator wants their own staff. They want to hire them. They want to train them up in their way. But they also realize that what you're providing is an absolute necessity. And the easier that they can gain access to it, the more likely they
1: are to use it. I couldn't agree more. I think that's definitely a two way street. And I think it's really interesting. So, along with labor, one of the big topics that have come up is really the organized labor, right? The unions. And we all know kind of what starts on the coast, works its way through the country. And somebody who's part of this all the time. What are you seeing from an organized labor perspective?
0: Much more heightened activity. And it's a lot of it is unfortunate because at times it seems as if the activity is focused solely on causing economic pain to the hotel for the purposes of causing the pain, not for the purposes of benefiting the employees. So square footage rules. This is the thing. This is all the rage on the West Coast where the unions have decided to use, not through a bargaining, not through the traditional bargaining between labor and management, which is the right way to do things. They're using elected officials to do their work on their behalf. And they're having local cities create workplace rules specifically for hotels. Now, let's set aside the fact that city councils shouldn't be creating workplace rules for anybody. That's not the role of a city council. You don't have the city council of San Jose saying engineers and electrical engineers in our city can only work 32 hours a week. I mean, it's 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 stupid on its face. But what's happening is these square footage rules, they're coming in, they're saying that you have housekeepers that can only work and only clean this amount of square footage in a day. Now, set aside the fact that maybe the housekeeper wants to clean more and earn more, and maybe the owner operator wants them to clean more and is willing to pay them more. The union is, is using the city council to put themselves in between the employee and the owner operator and take away an option that maybe the employee actually wants. They want to work more, they want to clean more, they want to, they want, they want to earn more money. And so they're not doing a service for their members. They're actually hurting their members. And, and as an industry, as someone who speaks on behalf of the industry, we want to help hotel employees. They're part of the team. They're the backbone of how great this industry is. And so to take actions that hurt them, it's mind-numbing really to think about it. Like, why would a union do that to their own, emplo- their own members? The second part, and I think this is the scariest one, it's one that's made the news a lot lately, is this idea, and it is among the worst ideas I've ever heard in my life, idea of using hotels as shelters for the homeless population and putting that population alongside of the regular hotel guests. Now, I want to set aside the obvious dangers that are faced by the guests that are in the room next door. I want to focus on the dangers that are faced by the hotel employee. We know that the homeless population, between 25 and 35% of them have mental health issues that need to be addressed in a medical facility by medical experts. We don't need to be mixing this population with people that work in our industry that have no training or understanding of how to solve this. And and this idea puts them in great danger. It's a really, really bad idea. Second statistic that we know is this population, the homeless population, has a, a substance dependency issue of greater than 50% again, they need medical help. They deserve medical help. That's not going to happen with a housekeeper at a hotel who now also is being put in danger. So I, I can't think of a better example of where organized labor are failing their members than coming up with these cockamamie ideas that actually put their own members in physical danger. It, it's a It's so strange. I just, I, I can't understand that mindset. And we have folks that are working in hotels in Los Angeles telling us that they're absolutely opposed to this. They don't want to work in that environment because they know that it is unsafe. And again, it's not even helping the people that are homeless. And so it's just a terrible, terrible idea. And yet we're seeing this happen. We're seeing it happen through legislative bodies. Again, not through the normal negotiated agreement between labor and management, but instead using these type of tactics to to get local elected officials to effectively do your dirty work for you it's really sad it doesn't help the industry at all and it certainly it
1: hurts the people that they intend or they claim to intend they want to help is a again a former general manager and somebody who works with owners and operators all the time what kind of things should we be doing right now to try to help put better legislation out there as opposed to letting things like this get through in our jurisdictions
0: we got to be actively engaged and the first thing is get to know your local elected officials. I know every GM I talked to or assistant GM I talked to it was so busy they can't figure out what to do next because there's just so much to do. I totally get that. Hopefully that problem will be solved in the near term and more people coming back into the industry. But you've got to set aside some time to build relationships with your local elected officials. They don't know our business, they don't understand how labor works. When someone goes to them and says, "Hey, housekeepers shouldn't clean more than 3500 square feet in a day." they think, oh, that sounds good. And they don't recognize that in normal times, an average housekeeper is going to clean 6,000 square feet in a day. They don't know that because they don't know our industry. And the other side's certainly not going to tell them that. And so being a resource for elected officials to let them know really how the industry actually works is first and foremost. That's the easiest thing to do. The next thing to do is that getting people in our industry elected into public office. I mean, we have a representative government. Our interests need to be represented and making sure the people in our industry that understand our industry, hospitality, tourism, and everything that goes along with it, are actually also serving in elected office. That's a key way for us to begin turning the tide on so much bad, terrible legislation that's happening across the country.
1: Now, is there any other legislation that you're keeping an eye on right now that, that leaders, like you said, very busy, but should be tuning into or paying attention to right now?
0: Yeah, there's a lot. One of the things that we've seen happen over the last probably year is this resurgence of this activity in and around short-term rentals. And our friends in the short-term rental industry, actually, let me be clear, our friends at Airbnb, because most of the short-term rental industry is aligned with us on this issue, are using state legislators and attempting to preempt any city from regulating short-term rentals. Um, We know this to be a miserable failure. It's only occurred in one state, the state of Arizona attempted this and they've now for the most part repealed it because they recognize that it doesn't work in any way shape or form and so if you believe that in your neighborhood you should be free to live your life without having a party house on both sides of you and i know airbnb has this silly thing where they're, they're cracking down on party houses they have absolutely no control over that and they know right. that it's, it's just simply a ploy i mean when you rent a residential house in a residential neighborhood what is the purpose of doing that If you're going to rent it for one night or two nights of the weekend, you're doing it not to go there and sit and watch TV and be a quiet, good neighbor, like everybody else in the neighborhood. You're doing it for a special purpose event. And that should not be happening in residential neighborhoods. It shouldn't be happening in condo buildings. I was talking to somebody who lives in New York city and they were telling me that over 60% of the building they live in is now Airbnb. How would you like it if all of the neighbors that lived around you all moved out and then there are new people there every single day, you don't even know who they are that's not the way that it should work. The hotel industry, the lodging industry is highly regulated for good reason. And whatever rules that the hotel industry is playing by, those in short-term rentals that are renting out their units on a nightly basis should play by the same rules. If you want to compete, let's compete, but let's do it fairly on a level playing field.
1: That's a huge piece of legislation that I think everybody should be watching. And I couldn't agree more that nobody wants that rotating almost heads in beds feel in their neighborhood
0: well and and there were seven states last year that where that that legislation was considered and we were successful in beating it back in all seven states it will be successful again this year because once lawmakers actually hear the story they get it they understand we had a bill that was introduced in tennessee that did exactly that it passed the first committee i don't remember what the vote was but it passed we really started working on it got lobbyists involved everybody involved and the second committee that it went to, it lost 17 to one because lawmakers are like, this is a dumb idea. And when we tell them the story and give them the facts, Republican, Democrat, left, right, doesn't matter. They get it. But when they're effectively being lied to and saying this is just a private property rights issue, sometimes they just don't have all of the facts to make the
1: right decision. Well, I think that's hugely important. And one of the questions that I have for you is, obviously, th- these are all very important issues. And so all these forms that AHL- AH and LA has, right? Are you addressing some of these things in these forums, like in the road shows that you're doing now? And obviously, you have this big planned hospitality show coming up in June of next year. Are these going to be topics there?
0: Absolutely. I just did two of our On the Road series events just this week, one in Houston and one in Chicago. And we delved into all of these issues from the terrible idea about the homeless ordinance in Los Angeles to the short-term rental legislation, to things like joint employer that would impact every franchised hotel in America. I mean, we're talking about the issues that are going to impact your bottom line in a very significant way. And so when we have these events, they're free to everybody in the industry. We just finished up our last one for this year, and that was number 11. Next year, we're going to have about 16, 17 of these events across the country. And so... Hopefully, everybody listening to this will, will see our schedule. We'll be publishing it here in the next month or so and be able to attend one of these events, bring friends with you, bring family members with you, bring whoever you want with you. But <laughs> we've got to spread this, spread this story, and it's a great opportunity. One of the key features of these events is networking. If you heard it once, you heard it a thousand times. What people missed most during the pandemic are their friends in the industry and the people that they want to be friends in the industry, the networking, the personal networking that's so important in hospitality. We're bringing that to the table with these events. So each time we do one, we have not one, but two. We have a networking break, then a networking reception that follows it. So you got a good hour and a half to two hours of networking with everybody that's in attendance. We think that's very healthy for the industry. It's helpful. We all know that to, to advance in this career or any career, you got to have connections. And
1: that's what we're doing is making connections. I love it. Can you tell me a little bit more about the uh, LA hospitality show that's coming up next year?
0: Yeah, in a world where labor is is in... There's a great need for labor I think would be the best way to put it and a challenge that has faced us before the pandemic. And now, even after the pandemic it's more acute. we realize that this isn't going to change any anytime soon, you have an aging American population, you have a workforce participation rate. That is actually declining, you still have struggles of bringing people legally into the United States to work and so. um, we're all fighting all industries are fighting over frankly a smaller pool of people that that actually want to work and so. How do you solve for that? You still have to offer the guests what they need. Well, the answer is going to be technology. And so we believe that taking the technology that is available in our industry, and there's a lot of really good ideas out there and services and goods out there, and matching that up with operations really creates a very special show. And so there are some other great events out there we participate in and have a stake in shows like Alice and the Lodging Conference and NYU. And they do a fantastic job on the subject matter that they're seeking to address. What we're bringing together here is an industry-wide perspective that really impacts every part of the industry of taking technology, goods and services and matching it with operations and saying, how do we make sure everybody's operating the most efficient way possible using the tools that are at our disposal? And so we think it's gonna be a home run. As you mentioned earlier, the first one is in late June in Las Vegas, we invite everybody to attend. We promise you it's going to be a great show and it's only going to keep getting
1: better. That is phenomenal. I love that. And Vegas, we'll see you there, right? I mean, that's, yes, could be a better location. So, Chip, as we wrap up here, one of the things I always like to ask is is what kind of advice would you have for leaders coming into the hospitality industry right now? I mean, you've obviously got a wealth of knowledge and see things from a, a very macro level. What kind of advice are you giving people as they're coming in right now? Take advantage of opportunities and they've never been better. Look.
0: This industry is one that is, it's global and running a hotel in Austin, Texas is probably not too much different than running a hotel in Lisbon, Portugal, right? So take advantage of opportunities that are out there. It's a wonderful industry with wonderful people. Don't think of it as, okay, I'm going to go work here and I'll be there forever. And it's just not what the industry has for you. So you can, if you want. But there's a ton of opportunity out there to so take advantage of it.
1: love it. Phenomenal advice. And I think anybody who gets into this industry is going to find that there are a million stories to tell and they're going to be part of one, of a bunch of them. And it's, it's that's it's how you funny. grow your career.
0: Yeah. Chris, it's funny you say that because I, I've talked about this a lot over the last 12 months, people say, where have all the employees gone? And some of them retired and many of them went into other industries and some of the industries they went into, we all rely on, but those industries, those jobs are stocking shelves and making package deliveries that's nice and i salute and respect the people that do that every single day but when you're working in a hotel you get to be part of helping people make memories i mean why are people at hotels oftentimes they're going to visit friends and loved ones they're going for a family reunion they're going for a really important business trip they're going for a conference where they can see and meet and spend time with their friends you get to be a part of that every day is different the people you meet every day are different and you're helping them create lifelong memories. You can't say that for most industries. And so it is very special in that respect.
1: I couldn't agree more. And more guests I have on this show, the other thing I realize is not only can you have those special experiences every day at work, but at the same time, not everybody's career goes the same direction. You can work at a million jobs where you see the, the career path ahead of you, right? You become this level, then this level, then this level. Hospitality is completely different. You can start at a hotel, and all of a sudden you're the owner of CEO of fill in the blank company, or you've started yep. your own industry adjacent supporting business, or it's just taking you somewhere you never even thought possible. So absolutely incredible. And I think, like you said, take advantage of it. Absolutely. Thank you. It was great having you here today, Chip. I appreciate it. We're going to include in the show notes information on being able to join the ownership, general manager. And uh, of course, the Forward Ambassadors Networks. And we're also going to include the links to get into HNLA and obviously the hospitality show as well. So Chip, thank you very much for being here. And uh, we'll see you again next time. Chris, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. And we hope you found this episode insightful. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star review. You can find more information and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode at hospitalityleaderspodcast.com. This episode is brought to you by Upshift. Our on-demand staffing platform allows businesses to hire high-quality hourly workers with peace of mind. Find out more at Upshift.work.